Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Campionato di calcio italiano. Hello and welcome along to the Forza Italian Football Podcast broadcast live on YouTube. There's the weekly notification to say we're live, guys. So after a few hiccups before we came on air, it seems like we've sorted out our problems. Um, There's no rehearsed introduction this week. You'll be happy to know there is absolutely no rehearsal or planning this week. I'm sure the listeners will be happy to hear. Uh, Joining me as ever, Luca Gumby and Nicholas Carroll. Uh, Luca, what's up? Uh yeah, just uh went to Italy over the weekend, managed to get over to Sampdoria, watch them live as they beat Bologna 3-1. I think it was the first time I've seen them uh win at the Marassi, at least in, in Serie A in about six six times there. So it was a good quick weekend over in Liguria before coming back over to Germany for getting back to work. Yeah, you should have come with me in October and you would have seen them win in the Derby della Lanterna. Um, so would you, would you say that's your highlight of the week so far? Um, I think I think I would, Connor. Yes, I think that would be my highlight of the week. The the quick late turnaround, Shick uh, coming on from the bench again. Then uh, just as uh, as they tend to do in Italy, the stadium out. So just reading out Patrick and just yelling Shick there from behind the goal, <laughs> in uh, in sheer joy. I mean, what what a way to well technically end the week as on a Sunday, but. I'll keep it going as my moment of the week so far, just for you. Excellent. I pr- appreciate that quite a lot, actually. Um, Nick, uh, you're here. Tough. If it's a good thing or not, I'll let the listeners decide. I- I'm happy to see you. Uh, you finished your sausage sizzle. So mm. other than that, and excluding the thing you told me off air, because you're not allowed to say that, what's been the highlight of your week so far? Um. <clears throat> Well, it definitely wasn't today, obviously, with the result in Champions League, which we'll get into. But um, I think my highlight was seeing Inter's lineup released and seeing the Australian international Trent Sainsbury on the bench. Amazing. 
didn't quite get on the pitch, but still just as good. And just to add, hey, Connor, pay attention. Just to add to this, two of my tweets got liked by Mr. Sainsbury himself. So there you go. Good week. The listeners are going to think this actually is rehearsed now because liking things on social media kind of feeds nicely into my highlight of the week. So I had a personal Instagram post liked by Papu Gomez himself. And then yesterday on Forza Italian Football, we put up a little photo of the best couple in Serie A, Papu Gomez and, of course, Andrea Patania. And Andrea Patania liked that. So it's been a good week. And also, while we're on the topic of Papu Gomez, Nick, um, have you been on Twitter in the last hour and a half or so? I have not. I've been told not to. All right, go and check because I predicted something and it has come true. So let me know when you've had a look at that. Luca, have you seen this? Is, is uh, the listeners just waiting? Is it the, the counterfeit version of... Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't quite say counterfeit. Come on, it's, it's classic. Oh, you've got to be fucking kidding. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> right, t- can you Sorry. tell people what's happened? Um, what, is that a cake? What is that? He turns. It's his 29th um, birthday today. Cake version of the Ballon d'Or. Mm-hmm. And who, who's the holding Ballon it? Ballon d'Or. Who's holding it? Some mug. I don't know. Oh, come on. Mr. Gomez himself, I believe. The main man, Alejandro Dario Papu Gomez, has, has been given a Ballon d'Or. See, that's how good he is. He doesn't have to wait until <laughs> December. Why do I feel... Did you have something to do with this? How was no, this? No, I feel, I feel like... It happened. No, it's weird, isn't it? I feel like they saw it or something. I put up a post like on Instagram when we put the podcast up and tagged them in it and stuff. So maybe, maybe Linda and mini Papu saw it and decided that that's what they were going to do for Papu's birthday cake. Right, guys, if you're ready, we'll, we'll move straight into it. Actually, my, my real highlight of the week was being accused, and accused is the right word, <laughs> of being a Juventus fan after last week's podcast. I mean, I sat here drinking out of this talking about Atalanta and Alejandro Gomez, and I still got accused of being a Juventus fan. So thanks for that. Um, (laughs) Moving on as swiftly as possible. Nick, we'll come to you. Napoli played tonight in the Champions League against Real Madrid. They went 1-0 up. Lorenzo Insigne scored a really nice goal. I've seen most of it. Uh, I saw the first half and then like the last 20 minutes, and I'm watching the second half now as we do this. So it looked so good early on, but they lost 3-1. What happened? Yeah, um, I don't know it's what happened. I guess Real Madrid happened. At the end of the day, they were always going to be that kind of quality. And there was a lot of positivity and everything around Napoli going into the match, which was kind of nice to see. I didn't think there'd be that much around them. But um, I think I think maybe it grounded a lot of us in terms of realising that, okay, it is a way to Real Madrid and they are just unfortunately on another level. Um, not to say that Napoli embarrassed themselves or anything by any means, um, and I'm sure we'll get into De Laurentiis' comments soon, but um, putting that aside, um, you know, they did look a bit kind of awestruck at the start. They were a bit panicky. They were clearly nervous, and um, those kind of calm passes 
in midfield and at the back weren't quite coming off. They were losing possession in places where they usually wouldn't. But when in little patches on the ball, they did look good. So um, there was the potential there. And then when that ball came to Insigne and he shot, it was um, kind of incredible. We thought it might actually go on. This might happen. But, um, yeah, it wasn't to be. Um, the start of the second half wasn't good. Um, it gave them the opportunity. Obviously, they were slow out of the blocks and Real took um, advantage of it. And to be honest, in the first half, Real could have been a couple more up. They missed some opportunities. So, look, Real Madrid were easily the better side. But 3-1, it's not It's not over. I mean, you know, they're not Arsenal or Barcelona. So, they're still in the tie. And anything can happen in San, at the San Paolo. But um, I, I don't think there's any reason to be too glum about it, to be honest. I think they had a reasonably good showing. I think they were just lacking that kind of ex- experience at that level. I mean, you know, with all due respect, it's not... You know, it's not a Benfica or anything like that. This is Real Madrid. This is the top we're talking about. So, you know, I think we need to put that into context as to their performance. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that myself. I thought they they did play well. They obviously took the lead early with a bit of a strange goal. And then I think Insigne's celebrations were a bit too maybe like passion. It was kind of like real weight over their shoulders. And then it obviously was going to be hard to stick on with that. I think perhaps, obviously, I don't... I think the defence at Napoli is one of the weak points and the fullbacks were somewhat exposed in that game. You saw uh, they did seem to try and get it out wide quite a lot, Real Madrid. And yeah, but two goals, win 2-0 at home is enough. I think that's that's a decent enough situation to be in. Obviously, it could have been more, but Mertens had a chance to make it 3-2. And yeah, they, they went out and tried to play their own game. They Obviously, you could you can see that either way. You can say it's brave and they're like sticking to their philosophy, or it's naive where they should have just I don't know put people behind the ball and try to spoil it, but they didn't. And I thought, yeah, they played well. They showed what they're about. And overall, the better team won, but it's still in there. Obviously, St. Paolo is a very tough place to go. And but yeah, it should still be interesting in the second leg. I thought Diawara did well on the ball being young and not always the first the first player who's on the team sheet in Napoli and it's still all to play for and any like perhaps fallout that might be coming out from De Laurentiis straight afterwards seems a bit a bit silly and premature at the moment just counterproductive yeah um I was really surprised to see Diawara was starting um you just caught me with a little bit of chocolate on my hand there. I was trying to hide that. Um, so unprofessional. So unprofessional. Nick, you delayed the starting of the podcast because you were eating a sausage sizzle, whatever that is. Um, and it was a good one. Don't you worry about that. I'm glad. I'm happy for you. Continue. But yeah, I was surprised that the OR started. And then I was even more surprised when they went 1-0 up. Obviously, I wasn't able to watch it live, unfortunately. So I've kind of, I'm watching it backwards. Like I watched, I got home in time for the last 20 minutes. And then I saw the first half just before we started recording. And now I'm watching the middle bit that I haven't seen yet. So my viewing of this game is a bit distorted. But they did score an offside goal in the second half. Obviously, it was ruled out. It was offside correctly. Um, But that would have made it Hmm. 3-2. I just feel if they went back to the San Paolo at 3-2, I'd be very confident, not just kind of optimistic. I would be extremely confident of Napoli turning this around. But as it stands, they're 3-1 down, so they've got the away goal, but Real Madrid will score. 
Napoli's defense isn't the strongest part of their team, and Real Madrid are phenomenal in attack. So there's no way they're not going to score when they play in Naples, in my opinion, anyway. So, Nick, do you reckon the 3 2 scoreline or the 3 1 scoreline, apologies, at the moment is too much to overturn? It's, it's it just seems like one goal, but it's so much so much of a difference. I'm I'm completely with you that when um when they scored that offside goal, obviously it was disallowed. But um, I was in the city with Napoli fans, and we all kind of went crazy and hugging each other, and then kind of had that saw the flag, and then kind of had that feeling. And, and it was like that the last fifteen ten minutes. It was just like just just one goal, and. You would back you not well. You would almost back them to do it at the San Paolo. Like you just feel like it's meant to be almost. And yeah, the two goals just makes it so difficult. And as you said, like two nil sounds, you know, in any other game it sounds reasonably okay. But as you said, uh, trying to defend that Real Madrid squad and you know a squad that might even be added to with possibly Gareth Bale coming back, it's to. The presumption that they that they could possibly keep them scoreless is a huge one. So, and then you think, well, they've got to at least score three, then you know, to try and replicate that three-one result, turn it around. So, it does make it so much difficult. I'm not going to say it's impossible. I'll I'll say anything is still possible at the San Paolo, but um, geez, it makes that one goal, just that one goal. That's all they needed. But to your point earlier, I might just kind of um, emphasize Diawara. I thought was Absolutely amazing. I thought he was the best player on the pitch for Napoli. Um, I mentioned before that Napoli seemed to almost be a bit panicky on the ball. They were nervous. But Diawara seemed to be the only one that would calm it down and he would actually, he was controlling that midfield and trying to get some kind of flow going. Um, He seemed to be the only calm head when things were getting a bit hot. So um, I've, you know, every, every time I see him play again with Napoli, uh, he impresses me more and more. I think he's such a good player. And at his age, to be playing at that position with that kind of, like, mindset is incredible. So, um, yeah, amazing from DOR for me. Yeah, I'm just, as I said, catching up on it now and I've just seen that Mertens chance that he missed. Oh, <laughs> that's that's it. You just put that on target and that changes the whole tie. Yeah, big time. And I think it was DOR actually who played the ball over the top to Zielinski to pull it back. So, He's kind of proving, as you were speaking, what you were saying, which was kind of nice. Um, You've both mentioned Aurelio de Laurentiis speaking out. I've got a complaint. I have no idea what's happened here. So someone want to fill me in? Well, he just he just sort of came out straight after, I, think, I guess, in the, the heat of the moment. So I suppose he has that as a mitigating factor because what he's saying just seems a bit silly. But he sort of said, oh, I'm not going to come out and criticise the manager while coming out and criticising the manager because he said, oh, like he's there, he doesn't make these changes for this sort of big occasion. Then he kind of had a bit of a go at his players for their temperament saying that they were sort of uh, like just starstruck by playing against Real Madrid other than Insigne who had this sort of Neapolitan grit and yeah. he scored a, a sneaky sort of goal like a like a sort of proper little Neapolitan just sort of being all cheeky in that but it, it just seems a bit absurd like they they're playing against Real Madrid away and they played fairly well and just to sort of say they weren't Neapolitan enough and that the the manager had sort of somehow been at fault for basically 
sticking by his principles and doing what he always does just seems like a very strange thing to do. It doesn't seem like it's going to really improve the the spirit amongst uh, his players for the rest of the season and the coaching staff. And I think uh, Sarri said that he, he doesn't really mind him speaking, but he, he wants him to speak to him first rather than just go straight to the press. I mean, I don't know, perhaps it's some sort of ploy to achieve something else, but otherwise it just seems like a completely pointless thing to do. And they, they didn't disgrace themselves. They could still go through and, I just really don't understand why he's sort of got to create this controversy straight after. Yeah, um, completely. I, I don't understand it at all. Even irrelevant of what your thoughts are on on the match, whether you agree or disagree with his comments. I mean, to to go out and say the manager could change his tactics once in a while. I don't understand some of his choices. Could it could have been five nil? He actually said. And then say, oh, but I'm not going to criticise the manager. You just have, literally. It's just, I don't, I don't care what a president or anyone thinks about a match. Like, you, you have hired a manager to do a job. Like, you, you cannot get involved. And it's the same kind of thing with Berlusconi who kind of got involved with Milan. And you see how that worked out. It does not work out good. They're com- completely different areas of a club and they should be completely separate all the time. So... I don't understand it, and it's, it, it frustrates the hell out of me as a Serie A fan, you know. While I'm an Inter person, I'm, you know, I'm passionate about Italian football, and it just seems like this is the kind of BS that happens in Italy so often. And, you know, how many times do you see this in England like, or Spain even? You don't see it. I mean, you, it might be the odd thing, but it's just so synonymous, it seems, with Italian football, this kind of petty issues and it's just it's you know the the football that we're seeing on the pitch is so much better than the crap that's going on outside of it so um it's disappointing as a football fan to be honest so i, I don't know what dilarente is doing um yeah it is like a sort of peculiarity of italian football that you do hear yeah. a lot more of what the president thinks they're much yeah. more important as a character like in in english football like you don't hear what the chairman thinks of them like a statement at christmas they don't they don't talk to the press no one they just you just sort of expect them to provide the money and hire some people and not not talk but obviously in italy you've got delorentis famously sort of fiery character then you've got ferrero at sampdoria and then just everyone talks yeah it, it just like Sarri's done a fine job at Napoli. It was one game. They yeah they could have lost by more. They could have lost by fewer the goals. They could have drawn. They could have won. Anything could happen. It's one game. It's just pointless to come out and start a war of words over over that. And the, the ridiculous thing, even more so for me, is that I don't, I don't even understand what he wanted Sarri to do. I mean, if he came out and just parked a bus and then Real just went to town on their defence, like, then what? Everyone would come out and be saying, why is Napoli playing like that? That's not how Napoli plays. Of course they got smashed. Like, Napoli, from the start, I wanted Napoli to go for it. And I think, I mean, that's how Napoli plays. We've all seen them this season. Yes, their defence isn't great, but they 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 win through their possession on the ball, through their attack, their offence. So... I, I don't see why, you know, irrelevant of the opposition, yes, it's possibly the best attack in the world, but you need to play your own game. And I just, I don't even understand from that side of things what he, he even wanted. So it's on, on all, yeah, on all sectors for me, it just seems very odd and kind of stupid. 
Yeah, it does seem to be a bit of a an Italian thing. Um, Berlusconi came to mind straight away, Nick, when you were talking about it. And have either of you seen the documentary on Silvio Berlusconi on Netflix called My Way? No. Well, there's a scene in it where Berlusconi rocks up to the training ground at Milanello and he walks into the dressing room and he starts, this is when Inzaghi's in charge and Berlusconi's addressing the players as if he's a coach and he starts telling them that they need to use the wings more and then he turns to Inzaghi and he tells Inzaghi to to repeat after him. So then Berlusconi shouts at the the players and then turns to Inzaghi and says, you do it. And Inzaghi's clearly really embarrassed, but he obliges because he'd probably get sacked on the spot if he didn't. So he shouts, kind of holding back. And then Berlusconi goes, no, do it, do it louder. He, so he does it louder. And then, again, that wasn't loud enough. So Berlusconi says, do it like you mean it. Do it like you were on the pitch. And then Inzaghi does it again. He, he's nearly blushing at this stage. And Berlusconi just looks at the players and goes, I did it better, didn't I? That's just... There's, it's that type of character when they get the power and it just really gets to the head that they need to realize, okay, they are putting money into the club and they make the decisions, but you are hiring a coach to take the on-field decisions. If you are such an expert, then don't hire a coach and take over that duty yourself. But yeah, it really frustrates me when you see owners coming out and saying stupid things like that and I was kind of happy about tonight's game because I thought Napoli were okay. And then you've kind of annoyed me by informing me what De Laurentiis was up to. Next week, we've got Juventus. Um, they play Porto. I can't think right now if it's home or away. But it's probably it's definitely a better draw for Juventus than it was for Napoli. Nick, do you think Juventus can or should go through? Um, sorry, I was just checking. I was unmuted and I am so I'll continue um I think uh given everything with uh I mean obviously the Scudetto every season and the Champions League seems to be the real kind of (laughs) the Champions League seems to be the real (laughs) thanks Connor um sorry guys I'll continue in my professional manner irrelevant of Connor's um disturbances um yeah, I, th- I think that's clearly where they need to be performing. And with all due respect um, to their opponents, they really, it's, it's a match, it's a tie that they should get through with reasonable, I don't want, I, I don't want to say easily, but, um, you know, without too much difficulty, they've definitely got the quality. They haven't been in the greatest of form, but they should be able to, to, um, to kind of just run their way through that, I think, without any um, difficulties. So... Yeah, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I, I would be inclined to agree. I think Juventus are definitely the the real hope for Italy in the Champions League. I did think Napoli would come through this, but I didn't think they'd lose 3-1 tonight, unfortunately. So it is an uphill battle for them. But Luca, do you want to add anything or will we just continue on with this? No, I think I did agree. I would expect, uh, expect Juventus to be able to get past Porto over two legs, I suppose. You just have to remember that Porto are second in Portugal, a bit ahead of uh, Sporting in who are third, and they're only one point behind Ben Fiku who gave Dortmund the real uh, real game. So obviously I think it's just kind of that thing with Juventus where they have to sort of really make sure they don't get complacent. I think 
like I've said before, but I, I sometimes prefer Juventus when they're playing against better teams. And but I think if they they do turn up as they should, then I, I don't really see why they would be complacent. Then they should be able to get through it. I suppose the uh, perhaps the the story could be if the former Inter man Alex Tellez manages to do something for for Porto if he's playing. But otherwise, I would yeah, I'd like like you, I would fancy Juve to go through. Yeah, obviously, personally, as a Juventus fan, I will want them to go through. That that, that made me sick saying that. I'm I'm sorry, everybody. That was a that was a joke. Right. Um, True sorry. True colors. True colors are coming out. You know, yeah, Canary. Like, don't encourage this. Oh, you know, honestly, off. little Sampdoria flag. What was that? What? What is it? Is it a hat? Sampdoria. No. That's really nice. That's a good little knit job. I have a Sampdoria flag upstairs in my room. I'll bring it down for next week. How many teams do you have, Connor? Juventus, Sampdoria. Juventus, Sampdoria, Milan, Inter, Atalanta, Crotone, Empoli, Udinese. Just you. There you go. All of them. All of them, apparently. Uh, Right. So we touch on some Serie A, guys. Yes? No? um, Yeah, sure. All right. So Lazio, (laughs) Milan, I'm sure it was. There wasn't too much of note in Serie A the weekend just gone really um, all of what you expected to happen happened mm-hmm. the top five all won I emphasise the top five all won and then Lazio Milan the next best both drew I think it's fair to say that Milan got away with murder here they were completely dominated by Lazio and somehow Suso who had done very little all game, pulled a bit of magic out of it, the hat laid on and scored a great goal to equalize. So Lazio will definitely be kicking themselves, but Nick, they should have enough to finish fifth anyway, right? I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, they've. <laughs> were you just conveniently showing me your... <laughs> that wasn't tactical no I'm sorry and then I realised what was happening laughed and nearly choked on my tea so <laughs> continue yeah I, I think they're the most uh, kind of consistent in that area of all the teams kind of behind them um, and to be honest going into it I did favour um, Lazio in that match I mean I've, I haven't been I haven't hidden my thoughts about the way Milan plays this season um, and generally I've been proved right you know just to say but um, there's no need to rub that. I, that wasn't <laughs> you just gloating. That was you having a direct shot at me. Yeah, that if was anyone any, except Connor, just to be clear for anyone. If watching. there is any new listener or new viewer out there, we did some mid-season predictions and we predicted the top eight. I predicted Milan would finish third. <laughs> Nick reckoned that it would be Juventus Rome, Juventus Napoli Roma. So. Nick is quite smug at the moment, but I will add, I was the only one who thought Atalanta would get into the top eight. Yeah, that's true. What they're doing now. So continue that, Nick, without gloating. Yeah. But um, to to Milan, I I did think it was kind of strange for me. The actually the way they started the match, given the last couple of games, while they haven't been that great to be honest, but I thought um, Gerard Delafeo has been to me their best player on the pitch. I don't know what you are doing, but anyway. Um, Delafeo has been uh, fantastic to me on that left side, which is not his favourable side, but he's been um, really good in not only kind of running the ball. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. But he's creating space for those inside him, um, which he's been doing the last couple games. So um, he's been doing so well out wide and creating. He's been the best creator for Milan. So then going into this Lazio match, they they bench Carlos Baca and they put De La Feo as a centre forward. So they completely change the system and kind of take away their biggest advantage over the last couple of games. So um, I was kind of, I saw the lineup and I was bemused. And I think at one stage I actually um, texted you, Connor, because I was wondering if I was looking at something wrong or if that was actually what was happening because I, I, did, I didn't understand what what the the theory behind that was. I could not for the life of me think. So, um, yeah, they didn't play great and I thought the it wasn't a great team going into it and they didn't perform and they were lucky to get the draw. As you said, it was a great little play by Suso, but it's kind of going back to those results that they've gotten early in the season, um, not from a matter of being a dominant team or providing a lot of chances for themselves, but from that kind of individual little skill, um, pieces of skills, which um, has, again, got a result, not the result, but, you know, it's not enough to get a, a win week to week yeah um, I definitely agree we were chatting a bit as you said throughout the game and it's almost as if Montella was running out of ideas about how to get the best out of this side who have been underperforming lately and he just saw Napoli playing with Dries Mertens up front and was like oh I'll give that a go and threw De La Feu in but then I think it was Ocampos who started on the left and it just it didn't work none of the front three were doing anything productive they were largely absent for the game and then it was only when Lapadula came on he wasn't necessarily brilliant he didn't do all that much but it's just they had a focal point up front and De La Feo and Suso kind of knew their normal jobs then and Again, there wasn't their best performance even after that, but there were definite improvements. Um, Luca, did you watch the game? Uh, yeah, I did actually. I found it quite entertaining. It's a spectacle. I think sort of Lazio missed quite a lot of chances. It was just quite good to watch. And yeah, it was 
kind of uh, dramatic for Milan to get that late late equaliser because they just did not deserve it in any way. I think Immobile had a big chance to to wrap it up uh, about five minutes before uh, Suso scored. But yeah, I, I think Milan can certainly be happy with the result, but they, they didn't look good. They weren't really ticking in midfield. I don't know if perhaps Locatelli's sort of starting to struggle a bit more now that he's kind of a bit more of an established player rather than this this youngster bursting through. I don't think the the sort of central midfield players had a great day. I think Poli did okay, even if he's not really a regular at the minute. But yeah, I think I don't think Milan are really in crisis, even though they've sort of stuttered a bit recently. But I, I think they will sort of keep trying to rotate and find a solution. And perhaps it will be kind of a case of getting the best out of Delafeu and Suso, especially if Suso can do so little and then pop over the goal but yeah they were just like just very lucky I don't think you can necessarily draw that much from that game it's just that Lazio should have won it but Milan still had enough about them to sort of sneak a point which I suppose is a encouraging time for them yeah so I mentioned that this weekend the top five all won the top five being Juventus, Roma, Napoli, Inter and Atalanta. And then sixth place, Lazio, are a point behind Atalanta in fifth. And then Milan are down four points off fifth place. So, Nick, how are you? I'm coming to you. You said that Atalanta would miss out on Europe, all right? And no, don't, I'm not, I'm not putting you in your place or anything yet, but just bear with me. So, the top five are the dedicated Europa League Champions League places but there is an extra one that will come from the Coppa Italia so realistically we're looking at the top six for Europe at the moment Atalanta are four points clear of Milan and seventh so it's basically Milan and Fiorentina are on 41 and 40 points Atalanta are on 45 can they do it? Um, to clarify, firstly, I did say Atlanta wouldn't finish top five. I never specified Europe, so just to be clear. I can definitely pull the Okay, same. you pull the audio because until then I won't believe it. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, they can do it 100% the way they're playing. And I think we talk, spoke about it last week. The, you know, when you watch a match, when you watch... Atalanta play the way they play and you watch, you know, I'd, I'd hate to keep, you know, I don't like to sound like a biased Inter fan, but when you watch Milan play on the same time, or even if you watch Fiorentina play, it's, I mean, I, you know, I don't see a lot in those teams. They should be playing better for the clubs that they are, but they, they're not. Where Atalanta, you don't expect them to be as consistent, but they continue to be so. So with that regard, I mean, they're more consistent than the teams they're they're competing against. So if they can keep that level of performance, then sixth place, yeah. I mean, I still think I still think Inter and Lazio will have that fourth and fifth locked up. Personally, not to say that they hundred percent won't, but um, I think sixth place with four point advantage over Milan, five points over Fiorentina. You know, you could, I don't want to say they're favourites for six, but they're looking pretty good so yeah I'm gonna agree I don't think they are favorites purely because Milan and Fiorentina are still 
they're still bigger clubs, bigger sides. So you would expect something from them more so than Atlantic to continue the way they are. But looking at their fixtures, they've not gotten easy run. They've got Crotone next, which you would expect them to win, Touchwood. And then they've got, I think it's Juventus, Inter and Roma, maybe, or Fiorentina all in a row. So that's not, not easy by any stretch. But one thing that plays into their favour, they've got Fiorentina and Milan. Both of them are coming to Bergamo. So Bergamo is traditionally and always a difficult place to go. They've got to go to both Rome and Naples. But you can kind of afford to lose those games because if you beat the teams around you and your most immediate threats, it doesn't really matter that much if you're losing to the teams in first, second and third. So I don't know. I'm hesitant to say they're favorites for the top six, but it's, they're in a really good position right now and hopefully yeah. it can continue. And with the Ballon d'Or winner in their side, anything is possible. Well, actually Bro- Milan actually play Fiorentina this weekend too. So that, I mean, a draw there would be lovely yeah, for us. Fingers crossed for a draw there. Absolutely. Um, while we're on it, Nick, the Serie A table is continuing to be fun for the two of us. So both Atalanta and Inter have played 24 times. Both have won 14. Both have drawn three and lost seven. The goals scored column has evened up. They both have 39 and Atalanta have conceded just two more. So that's, we mentioned that, I don't know if it was on there or if it was after we stopped recording a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about it, but that's definitely going to be fun to keep an eye on as the season goes on. Um, yeah. And, um, Thanks, thanks for tuning into the Nerazzurri pod, everyone. <laughs> Me and you should just start up our own one and let Luca talk about Sampdoria on his own. Um, Roma won. They beat, it was Crotone, right? 2-0. Um, Razan Angolan's fantastic, guys, isn't he? Do you think that if he stays, I know Chelsea will probably be after him again. Uh, it's safe to say he's not going to go and leave for Juventus because his feelings on the Bianca area are well known. But do you think he's captain material for the Gialarossi if he stays? I suppose he, I suppose he might might have that in his own mind uh, with that, with him sort of taking the chance to have a bit of a, a dig at Juventus to fans on his way out of training, I suppose. It's, I mean, like not knowing that it's kind of just some cynical ploy to be popular, but perhaps he does sort of really feel like something at Roma. He really wants to win it for the Roma fans. I think he likes living there. I think his, uh, I think like his wife or his girlfriend has a clothes shop there, and he seems quite interested in all that stuff. I think he just seems happy there. Yeah, why not? Why not captain material? I suppose Totti and De Rossi are on the way out, and then. Nine goal and that all action, really dynamic, just sort of kind of player that any sort of Roma fan or any football fan is happy enough to watch with his ability to to do everything. Yeah, sure. Why, why can't he can't be can't he be the captain? He clearly has a good relationship with the fans. He's clearly delighted to play for them. So yeah, why not? Nick, can you stop thinking about eating another sausage and give your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there's not much I can add to that, really. Um, he's been fantastic for them. He's kind of somewhat of a, a central part of that Roma team over the last few years. So, um, you know, it's almost an element with Roma where I'm a bit kind of, in terms of looking at who's the who's the next kind of big club to challenge Juve, 
you look at Roma and then you look at Napoli, you kind of feel like Napoli's side's more more kind of a click. Like where Roma, you kind of feel like players could go elsewhere. So um, I think that's the biggest concern for Roma is keeping those central players. And Nangolan would be a massive loss if they were to lose him. I mean, he's the type of player that losing him could... I mean, you almost have to rebuild that team. It's And, you know, when you, when you count into that, that the Rossi is... You know, getting to that age, Totti's final season. So um, there's some concerns in that Roma team, but I mean, to 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 have Nangolin long term would be a massive boost for them and someone they could build around for the next few seasons. So I mean, it has to be their one of their main priorities really um, for Roma going into the next couple of seasons. Yeah, well, you said you didn't know how to expand on that until you spoke for about two minutes. You've got a talent. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so we're going to let you speak a bit more and enter back on track. But where did you find that absolute superstar in there? Where's where's he after coming from? Yeah, well, (laughs) I mean... That pass he played. I think it was for Kondratko. That was... Super. It was amazing. Really good. I couldn't believe it. But go on. But I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, you can if you play someone thirty times. I guess eventually he's going to do something decent. So um, that's good. <laughs> um, no, that's but um, no, yeah. I mean, he's he 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 played a great game. Um, I would like him to do that a bit more often, obviously. But um, no, they they were very impressive. I thought Inter the big question mark and I had a really bad feeling without Perisic and Icardi, um, particularly actually for me, Perisic was a massive loss because I, I just love, I love the way Perisic plays and the work rate he has um, down that flank, um, not only creating but defending on the break. So, um, but yeah, they, they went out there, they did the job and, you know, he does gets a lot of praise, but I should also say that I think, um, Rodrigo Palacio was oh. incredible. And, and okay, I, you know, the thing with Palacio, Palacio is he's not, he's not he, was never, he's, he was never the most skilled player in the world and everyone knows that and he gets a lot of flack. But, mm-hmm. And, you know, he was given the captain's armband even and I saw a bit of thing about on social media about that. But... I mean, the guy, he tries his heart out. He gives everything for the team and the team, that is, not for himself, for the team. And I just, you know, look, you can't fault him for get being in the position at Inter. And there was a couple of seasons where he was our top goal scorer. Like he was the central player, which is possibly a, on a sad note in itself. But, I mean, I, you know, I, I really, really admire Palacio. And I th- he had a great game, I thought. And... Um, you know, I, I can't I can't uh, talk up the guy in terms of dedication and work ethic. I think is incredible. So I just wanted to give a bit of um, praise to someone that doesn't often get it. He doesn't usually deserve it. Anyone with that rat's tail doesn't deserve <laughs> praise for anything they do. He's had that since he's been playing professional football. I think right. He's had a few hairstyles and always had the rat's tail, and it's oh, I just want to pull it off. If I was Mero Icardi or someone in that Inter squad, I would sneak in and cut it off while he's sleeping some night because it's terrible. 
<laughs> yeah, Nick. No, no. No. See, even if you're not disagreeing with me, I know it's right. Um, we've kind of reached pretty much the end. There's just a few small little things to touch on now. Um, I don't think we have any Serie B roundups prepared for the moment, but there was a goal in, I can't remember who they were, who it was for, but Perugia. Perugia. against Ternano, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. What My a goal. goal, holy. Yeah. We'll get that up on Twitter. So it was a cross from the right, basically, wasn't it? And it, what was the guy's name? I haven't got it, but. Uh, I posted about it. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Excellent. He made a run across towards the front post and in the most Zlatan-esque style, mm-hmm. jumped, turned his back to goal and back heeled it. It was absolutely sensational. We will definitely tweet that out because yeah, it's worth if nothing else, I want to watch it a few more times. But we've also had someone who unfortunately doesn't have a real name on Twitter or a they've they're a whole city fan basically they got in touch say hey chaps as a whole city and sampdoria fan oh god unfortunate mix i'm happy to keep tabs on frog boy renokia so i said it sounds great be sure to let us know once he starts falling over and that and the response was so far he hasn't i was filled with dread when we signed him after seeing all of his games at samp but surprisingly (sighs) he has looked composed and dependable are they two words you ever thought you would hear in the same sentence as Andrea Ranocchia? No. No. He was once the, the the great hope of Italian no. defending when he was young, so I suppose in an alternate future, yeah, but <laughs> not not recent. But I, I mean, Hull have been good though, haven't they? Under yeah. under Silver, so yeah, a lot long may it continue. And obviously, Gabbiadini's smashing him in at Saints, so. And yeah, really I've just you might have seen a look of shock on my face there. I just looked up Andrea Renocchia to see how old he was. He's 28. Mm. Wow. That his career has been wasted. <laughs> Seriously, he's he's always been a nearly guy and then he's just been criticized. He should have left Inter ages ago. Yeah. Um I think that might just about do it. Let me check my notes real quick. Have yeah, Nick, do a YouTube roundup there, please. Ah, yes. Um, if you are not already subscribed, then get onto YouTube and subscribe to Fortissa Italian Football. Uh, as always, we are posting videos uh, in the lead-up to matches about any kind of big news, controversies. And we're also trying to do some post-match stuff as well, so some anal- analysis right after the matches, kind of like today with Napoli, Real Madrid, so, um, yeah, definitely get on and watch it. We've got a few more people getting involved. If anyone um, has watched it in the last couple of days, you might have seen Katarina, who is our Neapolitan expert. So she's um, providing some insight um, where possible as well. So um, the team's growing and um, we're trying to provide as much content as possible. So um, even just, yeah, subscribe, watch some videos and that's some that's kind of all the support we're really asking for. Unless you're feeling extra generous and then you can go to our Patreon page. But, you know, that's only if you really, really like us. So, um, Yeah, Katarina brought a fair few new viewers with her. Um, um, uh, to, just to be clear, I was in that video as well. So, you know. And you were also in every other video that only got um, a thousand views, right? <sighs> 
So Katarina came along and we got, we're over 17,000 views on the Napoli preview. And given how the previews usually go, the views will probably soar now that the match is over. So <laughs> it's worth keeping an eye on that. We might hit 100,000 by the end of the night. Yeah. But also with it, um, tell us any ideas that you have as well, because we're trying to make this for you, for the Serie listeners, for the culture fans. So please, any ideas, um, let us know and we'll be happy to try out some some new things, some new content. And comment on the videos too. Tell us how correct or how idiotic our opinions or anything are. We would love to hear it. Just try not to be too mean. You can be mean to Nick, but nobody, nobody else. Yes. Please stop calling me a Juventus fan, guys. It's it's hurtful. But I say something there about YouTube. Yeah, we did put out a few requests on Twitter during the week asking what you guys wanted from us in terms of our social media output. And we do listen. You asked for historical features. We got one up straight away. Marco Jackson. I swear I didn't have any involvement in this other than thanks for making a big loud noise, Nick. Um, I had no involvement in Marco's article other than editing and publishing it, but he wrote about Atalanta. Oh, their performance. You like that. Surprise. Come on. Look Come on. From 1948, which was their best ever finish in the top flight. And it was a humble one. They finished fifth. <laughs> yeah, so as things stand, they're in that position. And Marco reckons they could go fourth this weekend. Uh, that's Marco saying it, not me. Whoa. Um, Vito Doria will be reacting to tonight's game with a feature hopefully going up tomorrow. Vito. Sorry, the ads on my telly are really loud. And big Kev P, because I don't want to say his last name, is writing about Fayusi Gulan for Napoli and how he's the best left back in the world. So it was interesting. Me and Kev were kind of chatting through that on Slack recently and then I got tagged in a conversation on Twitter where people were trying to come up with good left backs. And there really aren't that many out there at the moment, so Gulam is well within contention for that spot. Um, Luca, you've written or are writing some things? Uh, yeah, just got uh, just something about uh, sort of your, your famous families and uh, sort of the, the sons and brothers who haven't quite managed to to achieve what uh, their more illustrious siblings have in their careers. So obviously there was a, there was a lot of uh, Mazzolas in the Italian game. So one of them's in there and Maradona's former son, who he claimed he didn't have, uh, who was a beach soccer international for Italy and more of that kind of thing. Oh, excellent. So we really got a Go on, Nick. I was just saying, that's really interesting. I'm actually looking forward to reading that. You should read it on ForceItalicFootball.com. Good. And read the Atalanta pieces off because Marco's the best writer on the site. Um, but, yeah, that was a direct dig at the two of you. So step your game up. Right. Uh, Nick, you mentioned Patreon already. But, yeah, we can you can subscribe to us over there. What's the word I'm looking for? Pledge. A Pledge. dollar or two a month. Yeah. Um, however much you can afford to and we would greatly appreciate it you can follow Ooh, yeah, one of them are you going to pay that every month Luca if you could give us 50 euro a month Luca, Luca is our biggest contributor to date so yeah thanks. look at him throwing money around <laughs> in Germany he's a changed man wow um, 
I'm really distracted, but that's not like Luca. Anyway, you can follow us on Twitter at Seria FFC. Look us up on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Patreon by searching Forts Italian Football. You can find me on Twitter at Concalcio. Luca is at Gunbizono. I remember it this time. Nick is at Nick Z Carol. The Z's for Zanetti, isn't it? I only know that because we recently became Facebook friends. And myself and Nick both have journalist pages on Facebook, which you can like just by searching our names. So if there is nothing else to discuss, guys, that's a wrap, right? Indeed. For myself and everyone at Forza Italian Football, we'll talk to you next week as Luca swigs on his beer and it's ciao for now.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.